better lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Black Show. Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. What day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Listen, guess what today is? It's hump day. Whoop, whoop. is right. But look, it, today's not hump day. Now, now, every other Wednesday might be, but today's not hump day. Today is par three day at the Masters. That's what today is. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Your hometown heroes all across the great state of Mississippi are your local Farm Bureau insurance agents available in all 82 counties. Hey, what's happening Hope y'all are ready. We'll talk a little golf, got a little baseball, Southern Miss to the top, right? Well, they're sitting on top of the state of Mississippi in terms of college baseball. They beat State. Now they beat Ole Miss last night. And they're in the top 20 and may move up. So uh, baseball on the docket. Tomorrow, opening day for Major League Baseball. Tomorrow also, Thursday, the first day of the Masters, the opening round of the Masters at Augusta National over in uh, Georgia. Today, the par three. Now, I do know, um, I, I've been working my fanny off on different things. I haven't been glued to Twitter or watching a computer this morning. I did catch wind that there was a weather delay. I, I, I try to get some details, and I will admit that just prior to coming on the air, I'm not even certain that I was ready to hear the intro to this radio show in my headphones that I'm wearing right now here in the studio. Because I got so consumed here at Masters.com reading about each hole on the golf course. <laughs> uh, I've seen some, been fortunate enough to walk around and see them. But still, there's a lot to learn and memorize and know. Things that maybe I should, but I haven't. You know, the names of the different holes. Do you know the names of each hole at Augusta National? Do you? I would even bet that for some diehard golf fans... Maybe like me, that we we can picture number 12 or number 13 in our head. We close our eyes and see the tee box at number 10. But you may not know the name of it. Well, somebody who probably knows all of that. And then some. About the game of golf and about the Masters and about Augusta National. This is my friend Don Williams, who's been covering the event for over 30 years, maybe getting close to 40. We'll ask him because he's with us live from Augusta, Georgia, right now on the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Don, thanks for joining me on Wednesday, par three day at the Masters. Uh, I know it's not the right way to start an interview, but I just want to know, how are you doing, friend? I'm doing well, Matt. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Excited about uh, <clears throat> the week ahead. Uh, it's already been a very eventful week, as obviously I'm sure you and most of your listeners know Tiger Woods has taken up all the oxygen in the room, <laughs> and uh, that's going to continue probably uh, for a while, especially if he does anything crazy like shoot 67 tomorrow. Right. But uh, those that have played with him uh, say he's hitting the ball great. And of course, as you know, once the uh, once the bell rings, it all comes down to uh, chipping and putting. So, you know, I think he can put the ball in the fairway, and he can uh, probably hit the greens, and then we'll see where it goes from there. What's going to be interesting 
throughout the week is going to be the condition of the golf course. Tons of rain yesterday. Tons of rain. They had to clear the golf course at 11 a.m., uh, meaning those who had Tuesday-only tickets mm-hmm. only got three hours. But uh, in an unprecedented, as far as I know, uh, move, the uh, Masters uh, announced later in the day that everybody who had tickets yesterday would be allowed to buy them again <clears throat> next year on oh, wow. Tuesday. Usually wow. in the past I think if a day was rained out you just lost out. Mm. So that was that was uh that was very very nice and and you know I was there yesterday and um the souvenir shops were swarmed <laughs> because those that got in knew that they weren't going to be there for long. So they all were inside buying uh everything you could imagine. Uh, during the time that they had. Now, today, the forecast wasn't great. It wasn't near as bad as yesterday. Uh, and so far, it's held off. And the par 3 contest is, I can report, underway. And whether they're going to get all of it in or not, well, we'll just have to wait and see. There is a chance of some more rain uh, later this afternoon and evening, which is going to then <clears throat> carry over throughout the night. And it's supposed to stop for good uh, prior to the start of play, and then we're supposed to have a delightful, cool, and windy weekend. So mm-hmm. what will all the rain mean, coupled with cold temperatures and cold by Augusta springtime, and windy, uh, it'll, it, it could be dramatically different between Thursday morning when it's wet and Sunday afternoon when it's uh, uh, dried out, and, you know, especially with a lot of sun and a lot of wind, it'll... It'll dry it out pretty good. So it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of intrigue over the next four days. Don Williams on your radio live from Augusta, Georgia, at Augusta National. The par three contest, as you heard Don say, they've just gotten it underway. Like just a couple of minutes ago, the first few shots were hit. So that's happening here on Wednesday. Don, okay, so it seems like every year uh, when it comes to Masters Week, and I get a chance to talk with you on the radio about it, that weather is sort of a theme of the conversation. You've been at the event and covering it for three plus decades why in your opinion is that always at the forefront of every you know golfer's mind and media person's mind weather wind and rain why does that have such an effect on the masters i think the golf course can play dramatically different uh and the 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 real teeth of augusta national is the speed of the golf course um, when, um, when the, when the course is playing what they call hard and fast, that's the kind of the golf lingo. When it's playing hard and fast means the ball runs out. It's, it's more difficult to keep it in the fairway where you want. Uh, and, but by the same token, it allows, uh, shorter hitters, uh, a chance because they will thus, you know, negate some of the, uh, advantage that the uh, bombers have so when it's really wet like it's probably going to be tomorrow morning when they start some of the shorter players in the field are going to be at a big disadvantage and so they like hard and fast most everybody really does like hard and fast and the same is true with the greens. uh when augusta nationals greens are repelling uh shots that are hit from 200 yards uh, again what the golfers don't like is where they when they don't know what they're going to be facing. And if you, uh, and I've seen so many shots at Augusta National 
tear them off of the greens and end up in just uh, terrible places in terms of chipping. And the chipping is one of the most difficult things around this golf course. If it's soft, uh, then the Bombers have a huge advantage because of uh, the length that they have. They're hitting shorter irons into the into the fair into the greens, and then shorter irons, of course, when the greens are soft, will stick, and that makes it a much easier golf course. So uh, the, the 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 conditions dictate everything about the way this golf course plays. But let me let me say this: I think that's true at every golf tournament. It's just that everything is magnified at the Masters. Sure. So when you go to the U.S. Open or you go to the uh, Open Championship across the pond, uh, the same thing is true. All they do on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday is talk about the weather. But, uh, you know, in Augusta, because it's in April uh, and the weather can be anything, I've been there when it was 40 degrees and I've been there when it was 95. Uh, you get very uh, unpredictable and often quite changeable weather mm-hmm. over these four or five days. No question. Don Williams, live from Augusta on your radio right now. So so this is sort of recapping what you said. I just wanted to touch on the weather one more time, and then I'm going to ask you about a couple of players, Don. But So it's you know more rain tonight and overnight, and so wet, wet in the morning and a high of 72 tomorrow. So that's are, are we saying that that's probably target practice day? Tomorrow, I think there's a good chance. Now, obviously, the uh, they have uh, they have the uh, the sub air system underneath the golf course, which will dry it quicker than you know your local Muni and Tupelo, but uh, it still will not get to the rock hard firmness that you can occasionally find. And, and Augusta can uh, they can they can they can also uh, manufacture the conditions largely that they want to, but when. Uh, at my house yesterday, we got 3.2 inches of rain. Uh, now, I don't know whether Augusta National got more than that, less than that, or about the same, because that could vary block by block. But that's a lot of rain in one 10-hour period. And then they're going to get more rain this afternoon and this evening. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be pretty wet. So if there is such a thing as target practice, certainly tomorrow will be that day. And then with each passing day, it will be less. So, and what's, uh, I cannot wrap. I can't remember, but it's been a while. Um, I'm saying 2007, maybe, was a, the blusteriest, blusteriest day. Mm. That's a hard word to say. <laughs> it is. But I can remember. Uh, and that's what Friday is supposed to be. They're talking 20 to 30 mile an hour uh, winds. I'm talking, you know, regular winds. Yeah. And then gusts above 30. That will be the windiest day if that turns out to be factual that I can remember in many, many years. And so, obviously, that's going to make Friday play tough, even if it is soft. But with bright sunshine and uh, that kind of a wind, that will hasten the drying out period. So by Saturday, we may see a fairly dry golf course. We'll just have to wait and see. But I think each of the four days are going to play a little bit different. Thursday should be the easiest. Friday will be the hardest. Mm. And then Saturday and Sunday, we'll just kind of see what happens. Yeah. Saturday will be the coldest with a high of 58, but at least the sun yes. will be out. So. And that's a factor, too, mm-hmm. you know, because the temperature, air temperature, as I'm sure you know, affects how far the golf ball goes. The right. higher the temperature, the further it goes. So, And 58 is, I don't remember a day that cool in many, many years. So it's uh, it's definitely an interesting week. 
When it's cold, it also affects how it feels in your hands when you hit it off the hosel the way I do. But the golfers this week at Augusta, they don't have to worry about that. Uh, Don no, Williams. not too many of them. <laughs> not too many of them uh, worry about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. They hit it. They hit it in the sweet spot more often than not. So speaking of in the sweet spot, I mean, it it couldn't have been more of a I, what's you know marketing. Bonanza media frenzy sweet spot this week, Don, than Tiger Woods showing up, limping around, but playing well and saying, I'm going to play, when one year ago he was facing possible amputation of a leg, and that's what we're told. I mean, it it, it couldn't have been a bigger story coming into this one, could it? No, I... Uh... <clears throat> You know, you think about all the times that Tiger Woods has come back from uh, some sort of a setback, and it's always a big story. This, because it's Augusta, and it will be the first tournament he's played. I didn't even realize this until last night when I was watching uh, uh, Brandel Chambly and that crowd on Golf Channel. Uh, This is the first tour event, if you want to call it that, that he's played since the uh, 2020 Masters. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which, of course, was uh, the one that Dustin Johnson won, and he handed over the green coat because he was the defending champion. So he has uh, his his back-to-back tour events are are the Masters. And and I don't think that two weeks ago today anybody would have predicted that Tiger Woods would be playing in this year's Masters. Even last week when he flew up on Tuesday to play a practice round with, uh, with his son, I think everybody was thinking it was 20% likely or, you know, that there was a, that chance. And then with each passing day, the rumbles got a little bit louder. And, of course, Tiger never telegraphs his intentions. And I think it's probably accurate that when he came back this past Sunday, he still just wanted to play every day and see how it felt the next morning. And so he met with the media yesterday, and I was there at 11 o'clock, uh, and, uh, you know, made, um, made the announcement. I'm sure that everybody has seen or heard that, uh, his intention was to play. And he played nine holes this morning, got out early, played with Justin again, and also with Fred Couples. And, uh, that was, he played the back nine. And, uh, that was his stated goal. So now his preparation for the tournament is done. He's not going to play the par three, as I understand it. Normally doesn't. And, uh, you know, they gave him a uh, courteous tea time in that uh, he'll play in the morning tomorrow and uh, then on uh, Friday afternoon, which is uh, it's always the better side of the draw, it seems, uh, early Thursday and late on Friday, uh, because it does give you more time to, um, to, to rest and recuperate, which he certainly, I'm sure, will need. So good draw for him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's done all of his preparation. He thinks he's good to go. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I saw some of the pictures posted this morning of his round with, uh, Thomas and Couples. And, uh, on a, on a, on a Wednesday in Augusta, it was with a inclement weather in the forecast, didn't matter. Uh, it was an absolute swarm around, uh, all, you know, that group as they made their way through the back nine. Yeah. I saw some of those pictures as well. And, you know, Don, for anyone who watches the Masters every year uh, on television but hasn't been, they probably don't understand just how hilly it is up and down across that course. And so 
don't you have to wonder if it, not so much hitting the golf ball for Tiger, but just the four days of walking up and down those hills? Don't you have to wonder if that's not the things you know that's the toughest thing for him to overcome this week? Oh, there's no question. And he said that yesterday. He said he was not worried about his golf game. Hmm. And uh, he was worried about walking. And uh, I can tell you, as someone who has done that for 38 years, uh, it is uh, it is a walk. And I am I marvel at some of these 55 and 60 year old caddies that can lug that uh, bag that weighs upwards of 60 or 70 pounds for five hours up and down those hills. It's uh, you know you were there, Matt. Some of those uh, I I can you know. Uh, coming up number eight and number 18 in particular, those two walks up to the green are, uh, you know, they, they, you'll feel that in your calves and your thighs for sure. No question about it. Don Williams on your radio. He's joining us live from Augusta, Georgia. He's at the Masters. He's covered it now. I, guess, I think I just heard you say 38 years, Don. Um, for you, does the new or the the shine – of being at the Masters, does it ever wear off? Is it different after 38 years? I don't think so. Um, the uh, no, it's mm. it's it's always special. It's always special. Um, I mean, I, I won't uh, kid you. You know, you've done anything 40 or 50 times. It's not quite as uh, um, mind uh, expanding as the first few. I, I remember the you know first, second, third, fourth, uh, the kind of impression. And of course, you know I was lucky. Uh, one of the first Masters that I covered was the one that Jack Nicklaus won in 1986, and that was uh, that was amazing. And uh, you know, getting a chance to be around uh, Palmer and and uh, some of the you know player and 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 seeing Snead and and. Uh, Jimmy Demerit and Byron Nelson, uh, even as they were just honorary starters back in the '80s. I mean, you're talking about you know legends that had uh, spun their glory many years before I was born. So when you start to get a little bit older, and uh, you know you're not quite there yet, Matt, but uh, it, yeah, it's you're not you're not as uh, easily impressed as you used to be. But still, there is something special about the way. Uh, this golf tournament is presented, and the golf course itself, and uh, certainly the magnitude of what uh, all of these players are trying to accomplish. I, I, uh, the people that almost and maybe should have won but didn't, <clears throat> I, 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 the disappointment of how close they came, and I think of Scott Hoke, uh, who missed a two-foot putt on number ten in a playoff, uh, and then got beat on the next hole by Faldo. I, I can't imagine carrying that disappointment with you the rest of your life. Lynn Matisse, uh, a player that nobody heard of before or after, lost in a playoff. Uh, Ed Sneed is another one who missed a short putt on number 18. I just uh, I, I just can't imagine uh, the, re the regrets that they have when they look at uh, the Masters every year and they see the champion's dinner and uh, the way the former champions, that's what makes the Masters unique to me is the former champions are celebrated for a lifetime. Really cool. Don Williams on your radio. Got about a minute left, Don. Um, Annabeth and I were trying to come up yesterday with a list of events that if they made you turn in your cell phone on the way in, 
that you would still be happy to do it and go. You know, and and it's yep. it's a short list, isn't it? <laughs> ha. Well, nobody else does it, do they? Besides oh. Augusta, yeah. Uh, even the other golf tournaments, you're now allowed to uh, to take your cell phone in, but Augusta will will not relent on that. Yesterday, uh, I was uh, tapped gently on the shoulder and told that I was not allowed to make a phone call from inside the press building. Uh, simply because of where I was in the press building. There are some places you can, but there are some places you can't. And you don't ask why. You just say, sorry, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Agree and, and, and move on. Um, yeah. That's right. That's right. And, and not many places we do that. There's a, there's, some, there's, a, there's a reverence there. I mean, whether anyone likes it or not, there really is there's a reverence there at the, at the course and on the grounds. I've never been anywhere. I've never been anywhere, Matt sports related or not that is more efficient uh mm. and better run than uh the masters and uh, augusta national it they could solve every problem in the world if they would concentrate <laughs> on other things <laughs> <laughs> that may be the line of the day right there they could solve every problem if they just focus on other things but golf is certainly their thing at Augusta National. Don, I really do appreciate it. I'm excited to talk to you as we follow the tournament throughout the week. Thanks so much for being here with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Don Williams, 38-year veteran covering the Masters, a member of the media. He's there this week. Par 3 contest underway. Beautiful images, even though there's some rain still coming. And the wind is going to blow like crazy on Friday, day two at the Masters. It's going to be fun to follow it this week. Just getting started with you here today in the Bureau. Stick around. Are you ready? Now back to the guy who loves his banana pudding. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau. I hope you'll be a part of today's show. And there's some ways for you to do that. You can grab a chair, pull up to the table, have a seat. I'll pour you some coffee here. I got some coffee in my thermos from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Go to highpointroasters.com, order it. My friend Dan Skinner, better known as Dan the Coffee Man, will send you some coffee. You'll be glad you got it from him. Uh, Yeah, pull up to the table and join the conversation. Text me on the country-pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number. 885-ESPN, or if you need the number itself, 885-3776-601 number. That's the country pleasing text line. Or call me on the Divini phone. That's open to you now. 995-1059. That's the number to call. Again, 601-995-1059. The Par 3 Contest, the ceremonial annual Wednesday Par 3 Contest, is underway at Augusta. And I guess it's on TV. I don't know. You can also catch some of it online. I watched it. I tell you, yeah, they're saying it might rain a little bit later. They delayed the start of it because of weather earlier. But, man, it's just so beautiful. Now, it's a par three contest. If you've ever been there, it's just kind of right behind. What is it? To the Is it to the northeast? Maybe I got my bearings off, but it's just there on the other side of the course, on the other side of the cabins. little par three course all to itself and just what you would expect 
Flowers in bloom. Those different shades of green. Dark green fairways, light green up on the greens. And instead of caddies, it's families all dressed in white caddy outfits. Uh, so they're having the par three contest. Did you know that nobody has ever won the par three contest on Wednesday and then went on to win the Masters in the green jacket Thursday through Sunday? So my question is, okay, I'm, I'm, this is a question that will give us the answer to how superstitious you are. If you were playing in the Masters and competing in the Wednesday Par 3 contest, which is going on right now, would you try to win it? Or would you intentionally not win it? Because you believe it's superstitious deal here where you don't need to win the Wednesday Par 3 if you want to win the Masters. <laughs> That's my question. Would you intentionally lose the Par 3 even if you had a chance to win it? There's a question for you right there. Uh, over to the text line, country pleasing text line, country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. Denzel, he wanted me to, and I didn't get to it in time, and I apologize, uh, Denzel, but you asked me to get his sleeper pick for the Masters. Um, you think Cameron Smith being slept on this week, someone who could win the tournament? I read a stat the other day. Do you know, uh, or at, a little while ago, Denzel, do you know Cameron Smith is the only golfer ever to post four rounds of scores in the 60s at the Masters? Yeah, sure did. I read that just a little bit ago. Um, tomorrow, Don will be back tomorrow. Of course, you know, you'll, you'll sort of have the first round underway, so it's not going to be like it's pre-tournament predictions, but we'll talk about players. Usually what we do is day two, we get Don on live after we've seen some people tee off and kind of see what's going on and then um, start to talk about some individual players there. I do think that the weather is probably the major story. Rain overnight in the morning, storm, so be soft. Tomorrow the sun will come out with a high of 72, so in the morning it'll be target practice. Some guys will be throwing it up there close to the pin even at that course. But then Friday cools off. They're going to have up to 25, maybe even 30-mile-per-hour gusts at times, but some sustained winds, 18, 19, 20 miles per hour at a gust on Friday. It's going to cool off with a high of 67. Saturday, sun comes out with a high will be 58, nice and cool. And then Sunday is going to be gorgeous, a high of 68. So we'll have some images there. So just look forward to tomorrow, Denzel. We'll talk about some players uh, then. Now, this Woodrow, I got your text, and I'm impressed. Woodrow knows all about some of the names of the holes in the course. And he says, why are all the – he sent me this bit of trivia. Why are all the holes on the course named after trees and shrubs and flowers at Augusta? He says, before Augusta National was a golf course, it was the Fruitland Nursery. And the holes are named for the dominant flower tree shrub featured on that particular hole. So hole number one is par four tea olive. Number two is pink dogwood. Number three is flowering peach. That's peach, huh? Number four is flowering crabapple. I had to cut one of those down a few years ago in my yard. Sorry, had to. Number five, here you go, Mississippi. Hole number five at Augusta, par four, 495 yards is magnolia. Number six is Juniper. That's par three. That's a beautiful hole, too, by the way. They don't, you don't see it a lot on TV. 
Number seven is called pompous. Not as an arrogant, but as in shrub. Hole number eight is yellow jasmine. Number nine is Carolina cherry. That's what brings you back up the hill with the green up there, not far from the 18th green. In fact, you know, you watch people come into the 18th green. You're not far from the clubhouse. You turn and look over your shoulder. You can watch them come into the number nine green also. Uh, teeing off there, number 10 is camellia. Camellia, by the way, is the state flower of the state of Alabama. Hole number 11 is that long 520-yard swinging par-4 white dogwood. Boy, the dogwoods have been beautiful around here, haven't they? Bill, I would imagine in Jackson Central, Mississippi, and South, dogwoods have been bloomed out for a while now. Yeah, the one in my backyard is starting to come out pretty good right now. Is it? Okay. See, North Mississippi is really popping. And like you, last week you could drive up the Natchez Trace, and a lot of the trees and the underbrush had not popped out and started to really come out yet, but the dogwoods had. And so you could really look out through the woods and see all those dogwoods shining out through there. Hole number 12, that's the par 3 that is synonymous. You know, you, you go over Ray's Creek to get there, uh, part of Amen Corner. It's called Golden Bell. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know prior to today that it's called Golden Bell. I never paid attention. Hole number 13 is Azalea. 14 is Chinese fur. This is Augusta National Holes. Uh, number 15 is Firethorn. 16 is Red Bud. Red Bud is also the name of the town that Chevy Chase and his wife moved to on that movie Funny Farm. That's a good one. Hole number 17 is Nandina. And then hole number 18 is called Holly. So there you go. Attaboy, Woodrow. You nailed it, man. On the Country Pleasing text line. Nick texted and he said, I can tell you from 9.34 a.m. tomorrow until Monday morning, my work production is going to be suboptimal. <laughs> Me too, Nick. Me too. <clears throat> Bernie from Canada said, thanks for thanks bunches for letting us listen in to your conversation with Don. Yeah, Don's a real pro and I really... Don's a former broadcaster too. He used to broadcast sports for Westwood One. He's called Pro Sports Basketball and Baseball. He's done some college football stuff over the years and then Always been on the media side, got to the business side of it, too. He's got one of those voices that most broadcasters wish they were born with. <clears throat> Hogjowl texts the show and says, uh, Matt, I would like to share some incredible news that was just given to me by my, my liaison at Children's of Mississippi. Every dollar donated to Children's of Mississippi the entire month of April is being matched by an anonymous donor. That includes all monies from our Children's of Mississippi John Prine tribute this upcoming Monday night at Dueling Hall. What an amazing gesture from an anonymous donor. That is a big deal. Y'all spread the word. Make a note of that. Anonymous donor going to match every dollar that's donated to the Children's of Mississippi uh, during the month of April. Really cool, Hog Jow. And uh, I know a lot of folks are looking forward to your event coming up this week. Free American text at the show says, how many people say that they want anything at the Masters? Okay, I got a sh shot. I'm going to try. What? I didn't understand the message, Free American. I read it word for word, but I, I kind of missed the... There might be one missing or a typo. I, I may have missed the message there. Bayou Bingle Babe, what's up? Hold that tiger. Says, if I'm playing in the par three, I'm playing to win or I'm not playing at all. Okay, Bayou Bingle Babe, listen. 
you know, you heard Don Williams say, okay, Tiger Woods not playing a par three. He he rarely does. You know what I think that is? I think what's in Tiger Woods' brain is a little bit different than just about everybody else out there. And his thought is, number one, I'm a little superstitious. Well, what was it Michael Scott said? I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. But I think he is, and he doesn't. You know, the whole thing of nobody has ever won the par three and then won the Masters. You don't really want to win the par three. And I think Tiger Woods is like you. He's like, if I'm playing in it, the goal is to win it by as large a margin as I can. When you play, you play to win the game, right? As Herm Edwards said. I think that's the way Tiger is. And that's why most of the time he doesn't step out there on the par three. Because he doesn't want to win it. But if he's playing in it, he's going to try to win it. Because <laughs> he's different. Bentonia Bulldog texts and said, I would want to be the first one to win both. So, yes, I would play to win. I don't think anyone should play if they are not going to try to win. Look, Bentonia, I sort of agree with that. Now, from my limited vantage point as a novice golfer, just the idea of swinging a club at this place is lofty enough that I'm thinking if I'm in the par three, of course I would try to win. I'd love to be able to tell people the rest of my life, I won the par three on Wednesday at the Masters in 2000 and whatever. But these guys are maybe a little different than us. And I've got some quotes next. I'm just going to pass them along to you that I think will illustrate that. More of your text coming up. On the Country Pleasing Sausage text line, I ate a Country Pleasing Sausage dog at the ball game last night. Yes, sir. Y'all stick around. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who, if he's not talking sports, hey, he's fishing for bass, okay? But he's right here right now. Ba, 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 ba. Here we go. Rolling along with you. Yeah, okay, look. I've had a lot of masters. I know that the thing didn't even start until tomorrow, but uh, you get the par three today. It just feels like it's getting underway. I look forward to it every year. Uh, just being honest that... You know, really, for a long time, I wouldn't say my whole life, but certainly for a long time, I've looked forward to it, watched it, the Masters, the coolest golf event, maybe the most fun golf event to keep up with every year. It re rewards you with all of this. Yeah, there's nostalgia that kicks in, but it sort of rewards you in lots of ways. The images on the screen, aesthetically, there's nothing else like it has to do with the time of year, too. I mean, for most of us, certainly here in the southeast, you know, we're coming out of dreary, brown, dead winter, cold, into spring is springing, if not already sprung. Temps are warming up. We're still in that volatile time of the year weather-wise, certainly, as you look around and see. But things are getting green and azaleas blooming out. I was in Vicksburg last week. A lot of the azalea stuff in North Mississippi, it's not popped out yet. But down there in Vicksburg last week, like my in-laws' place, there are flowers and azaleas and everything bloomed out. So you get images that you hadn't had in months. And so that it rewards you that way. But recently, too, the tournament over the years has really rewarded you with playoff after playoff after playoff and extra holes and all those things. So I'm excited about it. I, and I guess all of that is why I just felt – the need to say that 
it's about at the top of the list, close to the top of the list of the things, the sporting events that I look forward to the most in terms of watching on television every year. It's not something you get to go to every year, but it's something I look forward to. I genuinely look forward to watching it on television. I certainly don't say that about other golf events. I just don't. I'm not that big a fan. It's really, a, it's like being more of a fan of this event itself than really of the game of golf overall, isn't it? So, you know, we all have different ways of approaching it. That's mine. I don't have many sporting events throughout the year that I actually look forward to sitting on my butt for hours and watching. I just don't do that. But this, it's a little different. So I'm all into it. I'm in. I'm in. Josh texts the show and he said, do you remember a few years ago, Tony Finau dislocated his ankle celebrating in the par three. I do remember that. Dislocated his ankle on live television and everybody could see. Those of us who aren't doctors went, he dislocated that sucker. Look at that. Look at it. It's all out of whack, pointing the wrong way. And he snapped it back into place. And then went on and finished in the top 10 in the tournament that weekend. According to Josh, I do remember that. That was crazy. Put it back in place. <laughs> it was like, it popped out. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. He whacked it on one side, and it popped right back in. Crazy. Okay, over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line. Rooster, hanging on line one. Hey, Rooster, what's up? Well, are we live from Augusta? Well, I'm not. But a while ago, Don Williams was on the show. I don't know if you oh, heard that. I know you've I've never been to Augusta. I thought, but I'm going this year after the tournament, you know. So oh, are you? Okay. I've never been on, can, you, can you go to the golf course as a hmm. spectator? Uh, after the tournament, that I don't know. I don't like as far as getting in and touring it and seeing it at when the tournament's not going on. Yeah. I just. I yeah, don't. I don't yeah. know. Maybe somebody listening knows, and they can text us, and I'll pass it along to you. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I just visit these golf courses. I can't afford to play, but it was 50 <laughs> years ago, uh, about today, this time of year, when I became the sports editor of the Clan Ledger, and we had an old sports writer named Carl Walters from Laurel, Mississippi. And he said, "Let me give you some advice." And I was 27 years old, sports editor. He said, "The only thing in Mississippi that counts, the only thing that people care about." Is football and golf. Don't waste your time on anything else. Really? <laughs> that's what he told me. So, and I, I, that's what I did. I covered golf and football. Hmm. Nobody ever complained. I did cover baseball. I went to the College World Series. Ole Miss went, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's changed a little bit. I guess we can say baseball is popular now, even though the Bulldogs don't look like it. Holy cow. Yeah. But we got Elko. I'm an Elko fan. Hallelujah. I am too. I, that guy. You know, talking about playing through injuries and being tough and, and is, from by all accounts, one heck of a leader in their team, which I have a great respect for, too. It's hard not to root for Tim Elko. Oh, I do. And the Ole Miss baseball team back in the 70s were football players. You know, Norris Wheat. Uh-huh, right, yeah. <laughs> and, and and from your country, uh, your neck of the woods, Saltilla Flash, Steve Dillard. <laughs> Steve Dillard, yeah, who was yeah, it? He had I at least – Steve had at least one son who played some Major League Baseball, didn't he? Might have had two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that. I had a father, but I played pepper with him up there. That was Coach Wazy was a coach. So, But I'm a Bulldog still. I'm still hoping, but they're not going to make the College World Series. It'll be embarrassing. 
I just hope they make the SEC, you know? Yeah, that's it. I mean, they're in scratch and claw mode. But the thing about it is, Rooster, I mean, from a record standpoint, you got Tennessee and Arkansas and then everybody else grouped together. Now, it's going to start to separate over the next few weeks. And, yes, State's going to have to play better, certainly going to have to pitch better. But it's not like to this point they're eliminated from anything. They've just got to play better, you know, a lot better for that matter. Oh, no, something going on. I don't know what it is. Uh hadn't had a conversation with Everett yet. But what I wanted to ask, do we have a Mississippi connection in Augusta today? Yeah, do we have one? I think we do. Maybe somebody might know. Look, Rooster, I don't really know. We don't have one of those obvious ones. You know, in years past, you'd have an obvious, like, amateur or somebody in there or somebody that won – you know, Chad well, Ramey, Chad Ramey from no, Fulton, he won a couple of weeks ago on the PGA Tour, but it doesn't get him into this year's Masters, so well, I don't know of one. Uh, J.J. Spahn became the last one to win and get in. Okay. But I don't want to root for J.J. Spahn if there's a Mississippi connection, you know? <laughs> right. If anybody knows of one, y'all text us and let us know, and I'll put it out there because I'm not sure of one off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm just like you. I, I, I believe he was correct. Football and golf, that's it. <laughs> All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Rooster. And baseball. We'd certainly add baseball to the list now. You know, and if we get a basketball team that's good, we'll get in on that. We love a winner. For sure. For sure. What was the other thing he said? Oh, baseball. Look, Southern Miss beats Ole Miss last night. Put up 10 runs, beat them in the midweek. So Southern Miss has midweek wins over State and over Ole Miss. And... um, they either have already played or are going to play Alabama in a midweek. But regardless, Southern Miss is a legit top 15, top 20 team in the country. Um, big win for them last night. State got a midweek win over UT Martin. It was, it was big for them to get that in sort of, you know, back-to-back games. They played well on Sunday, beat Arkansas in extras and avoid the sweep, get out of there, at least come home with a good feeling and, sort of expand on that confidence a little bit and boy did they ever UT Martin didn't have the pitching and State absolutely made them pay starting in the first inning hit what two home runs there in the first inning and then hit a bunch throughout the game Brad Cumbas hit one last night that I mean the exit I didn't, I need to get the stats on the exit velocity on that Brad Cumbas home run last night to, to left center had to be somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe like 111 112 Maybe more. I mean, just they're really hitting the baseball, and they pitched it well last night. I guess two walks total as a team. They had double-digit strikeouts. Brandon Smith, a good start. Did give up back-to-back home runs, but he didn't walk anybody and, and had control and was good. And um, You know, you saw Tepper come in and pitch for State, and he had excellent velocity, and, and his stuff was really good, especially in that first inning that he was out there. And for him, it's not a matter of stuff. It's just continuing to learn how to pitch because he's got the stuff now. And then seeing Casey Hunt back out there, third time since the injury he's been able to get back out. He only threw one inning, but last night, I mean, since really all in all the outings he's had all year long, I thought last night Hunt looked the sharpest that he's looked. Um, and, and if that continues for State, you know, he was going to be their Saturday starter to begin the year. And, you know, you get him back – Maybe that uh, maybe that helps. We'll see. Uh, Denzel's telling me that all by yourself, you can't just bebop over into Augusta National and look at the course. 
it says uh, you have to be with someone who can get in there and get access to it. So, hey, and don't they, is it the Monday? Yeah, yeah, Denzel, it's the Monday after the Masters when they allow some of the media contingent to, to play the course. And Don's been able to do that in years past. So the, the Don Williams, who we talked to at the beginning of the show, we'll talk to Don again tomorrow, kind of a day one update in, in the middle of the opening round of the Masters. We'll, we'll talk to him. He'll join us from the media center there at Augusta National. But, uh, yeah, he's played it before. I don't know how many times, I, I think it is more than one, that he's been one of the media people that was chosen to, hey, bring your clubs, we'll let you play the course on Monday. How cool is that, huh? <laughs> I mean... That right, I tell you what, that right there is reason enough to, for me to start trying like crazy to be approved to be a credentialed me- member of the media. <laughs> It'll never happen. It's a long shot. But I would respect the event and love it. And maybe, just maybe. And then, you kidding me? They tell you, hey, not only are you approved to cover, cover the event as a member of the media, but bring your clubs. We'll let you play the course on Monday. Are you kidding I wouldn't sleep. I would be I'd be giddy like I was 12 years old before the opening day of Dixie Youth Baseball. I wouldn't sleep a wink. All right, hour 2 coming up right after this. Stick around.